hello, hello. You have reached the Blacker the Berry podcast. And today's episode is pleasure activism, black, kinky, and fluid. And today we have a really awesome guest here with us. Can you introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Mario. Also go, AKA, uh, ooh, I'm forgetting my own name. <laughs> Nagana. <laughs> Nagana. If you ever caught me in the poetry realm, and if you ever caught me in the kinky realm, it was, you know me as Goddess M. Yes. So I'd like to give the audience a little back view of how we met or how we know each other. Um, and we first met actually when you and Richie were doing, um, like community, community, like writing workshops from what I remember. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was like, this person is so awesome. And then I found out you were a Leo and then we started following each other on Instagram. And then I was like, this person is dope as fuck. (laughs) Yeah. I remember that was black Magnolia. Um, we started that. Oh my goodness. I guess 2018. Yeah. Um, and we felt the need for a creative writing space for Black and Brown and POC and like people of color um, because we were feeling that scene was represented in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, and we wanted to, we knew we had to create a space so that we could be in that space. And it was just such a beautiful experience to do that with Richie. And I love Richie because he's such an awesome and yes. amazing human being. Um, but yeah, I, I, I forgot. Yeah, I could say a little bit more about who I am. Um, I currently work as a community organizer um, for Black Love Resistance Arrest, and we work on social justice issues um, in the city, primarily right now, um, policing issues um, in our Black and Brown neighborhoods, and trying to come up with alternatives to those solutions. I also am a teaching artist and teach poetry to the babies now, which is wonderful yes. and amazing. I'm having so much fun in that experience because it's when I want, how I want, and it's real cool. And then also um, my, my connection to the kink community and what I plan on talking about today, um, I am a huge, huge, huge fan and lover of bondage um, and more other kinks but we'll get into it um yeah. and also just like exploring exploring like the pleasurable realm and connect intertwining them with all of what i just spoke about mm-hmm. um because there's a connection and um we are also very multiple beings in this world so we have all these intertwining things that come together and i can't wait to get in deeper about like how the kink and our sexuality and sensuality links to all other things in our life Yes, um, I'm really excited too, uh, mainly because also I have been just kind of more interested in the realm of kink, but also like am trying to, not trying to, but focusing on pursuing a career in sex education um, for young people, but also adults. And so I want to like know as much as possible so this curiosity also brought me to you (laughs) and wanting to learn more about like just all of this right and just for those who um in our audience like pleasure activism is a uh, a term coined by adrian marie brown she also has a book by the same title um and the reason why 
this episode is quote unquote called pleasure activism, black, kinky, and fluid. Um, so if you want to talk about just how you came about, um, coming into bondage and just like the kink community, um, that would be dope. For sure. Um, the first time, like when I was like, whoa, what is bondage? Like I want to, I got into it was from FKA Twigs, mm-hmm. um, her music video for, ooh, what was the song? Damn. I can't think of the song's name. I could think of how it go, but I can't sing. But I know the video you're actually talking about. You know which about. one I'm talking about, yeah. right? And it was like by her hair. Like she was bound by her hair, suspended. Mm-hmm. And I was like, shooketh. I was like, you can do that <laughs> on a black body? <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. And it was like, that was like, and even like um, her music video specifically though, how she explores the realm of BDSM in a way that's artistic mm-hmm. and different. And it had me like, hmm, like that was like my big toe in the pond at that yeah. point. Um, and then um, how I got like actually in, initiated into it was through um, a black dom that I follow on Instagram. She had a session in LA. One of my, I was following somebody who went to one of her sessions, and I was just blown away by what she provided, what she was doing, and how she was doing it. Yeah. Um, so I followed her, reached out to her. Well, she reached out to me because I had tagged her on like a IG post I was posting about like black kink workers you should follow, and she was saying like if you ever need anything, you know, you can contact me. So we stayed in communication. Um, I got a like um, consultation with her, um, and she just was really, really um, thorough with me in a way I wasn't expecting um, because I was thinking, you know, she's going to ask me, like, what am I into? What do I want to try? And then we going to go from there. But no, it was like, what's your health? Like, what is your health like? What did, do you have any mental health um, issues? Do you have any substance issues? Like, she just went through, like, all of my personal life. And, excuse me, at the time, I was like, oh, no, I'm not. Do I have to share all this? But I just shared it because I'm like, if you, I didn't see the relevance. But it wasn't until we really got into the meat and bone, like, the meat of our conversation that I realized. Um, but the things that we are attracted to are the things that we feel long to are very much connected to the other the other things that we have going on in our mm-hmm. bodies. For instance, um, since adolescence, I've struggled with anxiety, depression, pretty di- like difficult, like going through real intense phases. Mm-hmm. Um, and I shared that with her, and she was like, um, outside of asking me like what I was interested to, she recommended that bondage be a tool that I use for its healing properties for the fact that when you are in your ropes, when you are tied up, like, securely, it um, releases, like, endorphins the same as, like, when the newborn is, like, swaddled. Um, That's That feeling of security, that feeling of safety. Yeah. Um, And, like, not only that, like, this so that it can, like, it's not only to be used for, like, foreplay or sex, whatever you want to, like, the actual sexual act, it can also be used for um, meditation, for calming oneself down, like getting for people who suffer with like severe anxiety, panic attacks, even um, it can be it's 
just getting yourself into your ropes, like a hand rope even, something simple. Yeah. Just focusing your attention on that, breathing as you do it. It creates a whole another world for yourself um, that, you know, a lot of therapists won't suggest for you <laughs> or even give to you. That was, I was able to, you know, like try on, get into. Um, she suggested, like, I do my first three months just me and just like see how I feel with my ropes practice. But it's really been, I, I was solo for, I want to say, my first 10 months. Yeah. Yeah, my first 10 months. I remember you posting stuff too on um, Instagram um, of just like some snippets of like your session with yourself. Um, And I was like, oh, this, I mean, I had seen it before, like the bondage because um, I was living in this QT Pac um, co-op and one of the girls I lived with, she did a lot of bondage work and like also um does a lot of like photo shoots bondage photo shoots and things like that and that's kind of when I was first like in front of my eyes kind of introduced more than like um seeing it on television or something so like speaking of television right and media and all these sorts of things um (laughs) For the Hold people on. who don't know what bondage or BDSM is, do you want to explain it in your own words? I'm so sorry. I missed the question. Oh, I was saying, so for the people who don't um, know what BDSM or bondage is, do you want to explain it? Okay. I, yeah, I can't turn the best of my ability. Yeah. Um, because it's like, <clears throat> yeah, I'm okay. How am I going to go with this? All right. So, uh, there's like different types of play, right? Impact play, which would encompass, um, bondage as well as like spanking, as well as like whips, um, things of that nature. Like that mm-hmm. kind of goes into that realm. Um, but like, the whole like what they stand for or what they actually mean like in the, you can in do real, both like if you room. want it's up to you oh, okay. uh so yeah bondage would be like the art of like shibari which is when someone gets tied in ropes and there's like two types of play that are mostly used it's floor play um so it's like the the ropes that you can tie for yourself or someone ties on you that can be used um on any surface like a bed a chair um the ground um that restricts you obviously or restricts the body to a certain position um and then there's like the suspension play where your body is restricted using some of the similar ties or techniques as like floor but with like additional restraints so that you're suspended above the ground um, okay on like it can and you could be suspended pretty much anywhere um and both can be used for yourself uh, by yourself um, and can be partnered or groups <laughs> um and it can be and in your ropes you can like do virtually anything um 
or the the ringer can do virtually anything to the the ringer is the person who ties and the rope bunny is the one who's tied can do virtually anything to them or whatever their agreed upon contact is in that time okay Um, so it's a lot of consent involved like oh yeah there's so much consent yeah it's not like you don't and that's the thing like that like the biggest uh myth of what you see portrayed in media tv um porn whatever it's like you're in this scene and you tied somebody up and you're doing all these things to them and it's just like but they never that, said it was okay that, yeah like like it's, it seems like it's just in that ringer or dom's place to to do you know like to do whatever they want but that's never the case and, and then yeah. that also gets into the the other parts of um like the kink uh, the, like the bdsm of like the dom the subordinate um the machismo like um a dom can be anything it can be anything like there's so many types of doms there's just like a, a dispel from the rumored of like society is that a dom is a domineering personality that somebody's over you like telling you like being difficult like saying nasty things to you all that stuff is like when reality is a dom could be a variety of things it's, mm-hmm. it's a spectrum just like um we know sexuality to be um yeah a dom can be harsh if that's what the sub will like if that's what fits their play um and a dom can also be very loving very compassionate very um very soft and like cater to their cater to their sub in a different way um so but ultimately the dub the dom the sub they come together and they make agreements before they even engage in any acts that's dope Um, and that's where the consent comes in right that's where the consent comes in that's where the consent comes in before any play scene before any like anything has ever happened a good dumb, a real dumb, like one who's rooted in what they're supposed to be, is going to make sure. So, what are you looking for in this experience? Mm-hmm. How can I give that to you? This is what I would like in this experience. This is what how I would like you give it to give that to me. Are you comfortable with that? And like, what are your safe words? What are you know like how yeah. do you, you know like what? Are, and also, um, how are you caring for yourself? How are we caring for each so other it's, after this? So what I'm aftercare hearing is a huge thing too. Like a, a, a great dom is going to yeah. engage in aftercare. Um, what I'm hearing is like from you and like the kind of misleading part about I think media and stuff is like a lot of your personal experiences have been rooted in empowerment and liberation around bondage and kink and BDSM. And for some reason, it just seems like (laughs) television and media and even just like family dynamics and generational trauma kind of bring a lot of shame to um, sexuality and kink and things of that sort. Um, yeah. yeah and so I'm just like were there any of those things you had to work through around like maybe misinformation beforehand before you got into bondage like misinformation around like or shame around like sexuality before you felt open to like pursue or involve yourself in bondage 
Definitely, definitely. Um, definitely. I can never stress that enough. Because uh, my bondage journey started back in 2019, mm-hmm. um, like actively. And the year prior to that, 2018, was when I actually met Adrienne Marie Brown. Mm-hmm. And she was talking to me about um, pleasure activism. And it was yeah. something I had never heard before. And I'm like, what is this thing? And she was explaining it to me as like that intersection of uh, that intersection of social social justice work um, yeah. and like activism work and centering one's body to actually be pleasured in that as well as like when we're in, engaging in any other work like what are we feeling in our bodies how are we amplifying feelings of pleasure in our bodies when we're in mm-hmm. discomfort or how are we when we are not in discomfort or how when we're like but that doesn't necessarily ha- have to be sexual right when when she no, talks about overall pleasure activism mm-hmm. that also yeah, yeah. includes like it doesn't it yeah. doesn't have it doesn't have to only be sexual. Um, and she referred me to Adrian, uh, no, Audrey Lord's um, Uses of the Erotic. Yeah. It's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful uh, piece that she wrote. It's also available on YouTube if anybody wants to listen to it. It's only 20 minutes or less. It's very short. It, but it's wonderful because it's her voice saying her words, and I just can't get enough of it. Yeah. Um, and she gets real into about how we have to tap into that erotic, like that deep erotic feeling and, mm-hmm. um, to because we have been conditioned to not feel that, to be ashamed of that, to only um, allow access to it in the service of others. Yeah. Um, but what happens when we allow ourselves access to it for ourselves? And what happens when we figure out, when we find in ourselves what it feels like to be at our most pleasurable moment, um, at our like our most like what did she say? It's a quote. I don't want to send it to you for this, but um, it's just like when you know that feeling in your body, you know what you can aspire to, and you know what you can work to. Mm. So like after like listening to her, both of them, listening to both Adrian and Audrey, I started very actively being like. At first in my work, like, oh, how am I stepping into being the best uh, educator at that time? Where I'm having fun, they're having fun, we're all having fun, and it was a great experience. That was fun. It was fun getting into that. Yeah. And I was like, how am I doing this for me? Like, my own Mm -hmm. self. My own self. And then that's when it came about, like, my own self-pleasure. And that's when when I got more into exploring what I was actually interested in yeah. like had to demystify the like you said the shame the shame yeah like, the shame oh, why, why am I not worthy of this for myself like why can I give that to myself make those same feelings yeah in me from me that's so true I um, think like when I I mean mm-hmm. a lot of things come up when you from everything you've said from Audre Lorde to Adrian Marie Brown, just overall pleasure activism. And I feel like I really am in a phase where I'm trying to figure that out and like stepping away for the first time from like being like an educator in a school and then like, you know, allowing myself to be in, you know, a monogamous relationship 
and um, those things really being like, I'm going to find the pleasure in in everything, you know, uh-huh. and I'm going to try my best to do that because for so long I've centered myself in the activism that looks so much like me saying, what is wrong all the time? Uh-huh. What is wrong uh-huh. and how do I fix it? What is wrong and how do I fix it? Instead of like, uh-huh. hey, like, what are the things that you find pleasure in? Like, I find pleasure in community and 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 laughter and creating and um yes i do find a pleasure in teaching folks and like having that um exchange of information like i i love that and like how do i find a way and so when i moved here to new orleans i think that i've shifted that part of me in some way like i'm still working on it but like when I was like, no, I'm not gonna work at a school full time this year. I'm taking some time for myself. And when I go in and I and I substitute, like, here's what my focus is. Like, and my focus is yes, the needs of the young people in this space, but also the needs of myself. And that I do not have to compromise myself to to um to work in a capitalistic system i don't have to constantly do that to myself but i think that's what capitalism teaches us overall not even just in the realm of like economics and career but like also sexuality like in kink and like it's so much shame it's so much like oh don't do that keep that a secret don't say that don't da, 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 da. you learn from such a young age and like that's part of the reason why i also want to shift in doing sex education for young people because it's just like I want them to feel liberated and empowered and not ashamed to you know speak openly about that but also um, have healthy sexual lives oh no of course like yeah. of course it's for all of those things that's just like after you made that decision to not commit full-time, did you feel the shift? Like, when you said that you were going to be more... I did. Like, I think at first it was really hard, though. It was definitely really hard because you... I think Will Smith said it the best. He was on a breakfast club not too long ago, and he was like... I was always wearing this mask of, like, Will Smith and, like, Fresh prints. But then it was never me all the way. It was the mask that I put on for everyone else to be okay with it and okay with me, right? And um, I think my mask had always been, I am an educator. This is what I, you know what I mean? And to shift my body, my mind kind of out of that, it was hard at first, but definitely needed. (laughs) Like so needed yeah it, it, it always yeah. comes back around when it's mm-hmm. when it's supposed to be that way you mm-hmm. know <laughs> when you're supposed to make the adjustment it's always felt um and for the children that is it's so monumental for them to learn mm-hmm. the truth about um their sexual health and um what their interest is what, what mm-hmm. their interests are and that it's normal and that there's nothing weird about it um i feel like that was definitely I, I don't know that many people who can say they grew up and were had a very um, 
open and fluid sexual experience in their life. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of us have had to kind of come to terms, struggle through, and figure it out on our own, um, right? And that has been, like, the what I've been opening myself up to within, like, the last, like, within the last six months, I want to say, of, like, that whole how am I sharing what has been so beneficial to me with everyone around me mm-hmm. so that they see like it's something that like, you don't have to be uncomfortable with even if like your kink isn't particularly bondage it could be something like there's a plethora of them out there there's so many um like what's whatever it is that you're attracted to or whatever it is that you're into like there is a space for you in this in this realm like it's not exclusive it's very inclusive it's very wide it's very dense there's <laughs> so much option yeah. out there um and not to say that it's without um, its dark side, not to say that it's without its toxicity, because that would just be alive and not true of, like, the society we live in. Yeah. Um, but the, for those who are practicing, like, kink in a healthy way, um, there's more of us out there, and it's growing. And I would love to see, like, this community that has grown from like that's growing out of this and that particularly like the black king community it mm-hmm. has been so like i just find more and more literally by the day i feel like yeah out there and it's so like endearing it feels so good to me to know like wow we really out here like it's this isn't strange and i also like when i've opened up like myself to it like and made myself more vocal on my platforms the people who come and message me are black all people of color are interested in this. Yeah. Like, They're like, I didn't know I could tap into this or like, mm-hmm. or just allowing themselves to be curious. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's not like a decision has to be made around like, yes, I'm definitely a part of the King community now, but like being like, Hey, like it's okay to be curious, you know, because mm-hmm. I think a part of that shame that we talk about sometimes is like, it's, it, it tells you, like, the messaging is, like, it's not okay to be curious. It's not okay to wonder or think or ask or, you know, because, like, depending on who you ask, they're going to be like, don't ask me nothing like that. You know what I mean? And it's like, mm-hmm. I think opening up that um, space for people to even be curious and ask questions is so important. And that kind of also brings me to my next question about your show that you just recently had on... Um, entitled bondage i mean not bonded i meant bonded um and what was the rest of the title was bonded an evening of erotica and pleasure through bondage yes do you want to share oh of course yes of course um it was everything i wanted it to be um which was really great uh yeah i'm yeah, just thinking about it is making me smile. Yeah. Um, it was so beautiful. All of my people were there. I was happy. Like, when I said my people, I, like I said about how Black Bengalia is was for Black and people of color, this event, I was prioritizing Black people of color, queer folks, and that's who came out. And it was yeah. such a lovely, intimate evening. It was not that many of us as I wanted. Um, like, 12 of us, maybe 15. Um, and the vibe that I was able to create with everyone in that space was so intimate, so loving, and so much fun. We had fun. Um, 
I started us off by started off with twerking, you know, just yeah. throwing in a circle. That's our intro. Yeah. <laughs> hey. And, <laughs> and um, then I uh, uh, went into like a a somatic practice that I had learned through um, this Black Organizing Network that I'm a part of called mm-hmm. uh, Black Organizers for Leadership and De- Development Bold. Um, they get into a lot of somatic work, which is like the study of the soma, this like presence of ourselves that like the energetic field around ourselves mm-hmm. um, and our body, so like, like the body work too, right? And yeah, yeah, yeah. How your body reacts and responds, and mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. and being aware of it, and being aware of it. Yeah. So I started us off with centering, just to get us in our bodies to make sure that we were present and fully aware of what we were doing. Um, and then we got to it. We tied each other up. Um, there was some one of my participants that was there was more skilled like was was like skilled and she yeah. was like like helping other people out um people were taking pictures they were dancing or yeah. like engaging with everybody oh and then also um when i started this off like getting before we got into it got into it i just laid some ground rules you know like we're gonna be engaging in a lot of physical contact so we're gonna practice radical consent um so those are the agreements you were talking mm -hmm, about right mm -hmm. yeah these are the agreements that i said before we got into got Mm -hmm. into it got into it was like we're gonna agree to radical consent and we're gonna agree to be you know like respectful to people in their space um and also ask before like taking for like pictures make sure it was cool everybody it's cool taking pictures and mm-hmm. then, yeah like i said we got into we got into the rope tying um and then we got into some play like i said just like trying it on different ways um taking pictures engaging with other people yeah having fun just having a lot of fun and, with it and hearing you kind of say like your friends were there like i think and you can tell me if i'm wrong or right i think that um people think sensual things and intimate things um cannot be platonic like Uh, yeah (laughs) and like having your friends around and doing that with your friends i know that had to be a situation of of platonic because you're i mean i don't know your business but uh, (laughs) i don't assume that you're having sex with or in relationship like a romantic relationship with um, your friends who were there, but it could have been somebody, but I'm just saying, like, the majority probably not, right? But you're doing this kind of, like, type of intimacy with them that people assume that you cannot do with friends. Oh, yeah, no, they're, like, they're platonic friends, and I think that, I, I don't mean to laugh, but it's, but it's, it really is funny um, yeah. to think like that. You can't engage in anything else with your friends um Mm -hmm. but i've always kind of had like lax relationship with friends you know yeah well maybe you don't know but (laughs) but, you know like kind of one of my friends like you know like being i i have touchy-feely friends because i'm a touchy-feely person so yeah it's not like strange for me and all touch doesn't have to be sexual it's not like yeah it's it's, again like funny um no I, i definitely like to embrace the uh the idea, like the the idea of like being more communal with our love with our friends, mm-hmm. um, and even it does get into 
you're like you're happy that your friends are there. Yeah, because I'm an exhibitionist. <laughs> I yeah. like to show myself. I like to show myself to my community, mm-hmm. to my friends. Like that is still like one of my things. That's that's one of my kinks. And I'm like, if y'all y'all with it, y'all with it, cool. You know, we just gonna be with it together. It's yeah. Fun. Um. So that that was so. Yeah, I was very happy that my friends were there. I wanted and I wanted them. I'm not ashamed of where I'm at and I really want them to engage with it with me and for them to get the same benefits as me you know and it's like who better to show you than somebody that you know you know and like you have a certain level of trust with but then can build on that community I mean like I think this also brings up for me and um just like the idea around restorative justice and how all of these things can so much be connected right because and in restorative justice, you have the you have um, the components of building community, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you have the component of um, of it's building community, conflict resolution, and then kind of like those two things being really important in like relationship dynamics, but like how those different activities different activities can build on a community um building right and then how essentially speaking through and learning people's needs can teach you so much more about how to work through conflict with them right and i imagine like in the kink community is so much about that right like the agreements, like we always talk about agreements and restorative justice. Um, And then learning each other's needs, right? And being willing to, once you have learned, if you've impacted someone positively or negatively, being able to speak through that. But there is a level of consent, but I just see those same kind of values being lifted in the kink community, which is really cool. Yeah, I'm so glad that you were able to identify that because that was also what I was definitely trying to intertwine and bring into there was definitely mm-hmm. like that component, like that framework of the healing justice. Um, like in my my community organizing work that I have been getting more into um, and learning more about and trying to apply in a real world um, as an abolitionist, working for an abolitionist organization, it's like how am I trying to bring forth the systems the ideals the um cultural impact to make this a real thing it's like mm-hmm. if we are trying to if we are seriously trying to tear this one thing down what are we also building up over here and up with our other hand and i really wanted to bring that in like bring that home with what i was creating like curating like we're gonna be we're practicing something that has yet to really be implied like implied um on a wide scale like what we're doing here isn't anything short of a miracle you know like yeah. we're, we're working we're working with things that have been ideas for a lot of for a lot of people have been hopes for many other generations and now we're like actually making it tangible so it's like when we practice this it's not um only for the pleasure but it's also for like the practical um and how we're moving forward and, and then right. that also like is is pleasure activism yeah pleasure activism we're 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 putting all that we're bringing all of that together we're bringing all that pleasure together Mm -hmm. we're bringing all that healing together and we're also bringing all that action together to actually make sure we pull towards our collective goal which is liberation 
Facts. Facts. Um, and speaking of liberation, uh, what kind of prompted us to even have this conversation was like all of the great educational information that you post all the time. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and then also just like the other day, me seeing you post the shakedown. And so I think I, I've seen you post other things too. Like I think one other time there were like some, um, it was like black male dancers um and it might have been you like um and then like I th- they were like strippers kind of looks like chippendale type thing um that's completely possible <laughs> and then but when i saw you post the shakedown it was really interesting right because also i was just reading something about freak nick right mm-hmm. and <laughs> And um, it was just, it was seeing those things and now being older and like being like, yo, like, whoa, this is like really black people being sexually liberated in these spaces, right? Um, And I guess what I, what I learned about Freak Nick, it was like hoochies and, you know, words that they used to say, like hoochies, hoes, all of that type of stuff, right? And then I'm like, I got, I get, I'm older now and I've learned so many different things and I'm just like, yo, like they was really free. Like that's what it was. So when I seen your video, The Shakedown the other day, um, just about the film, I was like, oh, this is so cool, especially seeing like black femme people be in that arena, right? And like, it just looks so theatrical and amazing. And I was just like, yes. Um, But like, do you want to tell us a little bit about the shakedown? Maybe not too much, because I know you want to eventually have an event around this, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely, yeah, I I love the shakedown. it is such a good film um, because it was created by a black woman and it's about black women doing wonderful, wonderful things. Um, like the shakedown is about actually these club owners who were queer black women mm-hmm. um, and hired only queer black women um, for the pleasure of other queer black women. <laughs> they invited everybody to their space. I mean, all folks were welcome, but it was like, in, in the film, you hear them prioritizing it. They're like, if you are straight, you need to be in the back. This ain't for you. You know, like, it's clear who this is for. Um, and it, like, for all of the things you said, you could see these people, you could see, it was for me an opportunity to really see, like, parents' generation, um, and maybe one removed before them, um, be really free in a way that I had never seen before. Yeah. Um, and just to also see them engaging and, um, and, and being sexy and like kind of understanding like where the links are to my own sexiness and my own sensuality and Mm -hmm. where I connected that to, um, and how it's passed down. Um, and then also like the intertwining of like, when we are at our most pleasurable, when we are having our most fun, we have to combat with the police state. And that's all I'm going to yeah. say. That's all I'm going to say. If you, um, Facts. like you said, I, I want it, to, it's only available for streaming for the month of March in honor of uh, women's, you know, like women's one. Yeah. Um, but I want to, while we're all homebound, um, 
do one of these virtual get be one of these virtual party girls and mm-hmm. host us. We're all e girls now. <laughs> we all e girls. We all e girls. We all e girls now. We all gonna hop on and we can chat about it um, as things happen. Um, I really want to do that because, it's, I, like I said, this is one of my favorite films. Um, and you said it's streaming on. I think what I read Pornhub. is it's streaming on Pornhub. <laughs> so just like. A small fact audience. I've never ever been on Pornhub in my life. And I always hear people talk about it. I always like see I know how to Im- like the image looks that is like the represents the website. Like I know all of these things, but like I've never been on Pornhub mainly because dun, 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 I don't watch porn. Um and I, I don't feel particularly bad about it or good about it. I just feel like whatever, you know, that's just not, that's not my personal kink, which is okay. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I really want to see this film. And I think, I think sometimes like what many things like, particularly maybe our younger generations for some reason, because we find new words think that we found new ideas right and so when i think about like the shakedown and i think about freak nick and i think about um you know all of these things i can think about growing up with like adina howard um like these were people in the space of sexually liberating themselves right and I didn't see that freedom then, right? So then I grow up, we find all these words, we're all talking about, oh, people were so oppressed back then. People were this, this, and this. And then you like go back and really sift through things. You're like, no, maybe they wasn't using the same words, but they was getting free though in their own way, right? And like yes. how much we can learn from the past, even about liberation, not even just about oppression like you know but i often think like i think that's the pleasure activism too right being like hey when i'm talking about the past i don't always have to talk about it in the sense of how oppressive it was i can talk about it also in the sense of where did people find pleasure and how did they and like damn that's fucking dope like and what can i learn what can i learn from this very thing you know what can we all learn from the shakedown Oh yeah, uh, that's what I would love. I want to get into it, yeah, because I want people to watch it, and I want to have that talk back because mm-hmm. that was a DIY. Now it's also it's a DIY space. They created that space because they found they saw the need, they knew the need, and they mm-hmm. supported themselves through it. And how like they interconnected the you know, like the interconnection of like networks and like using your it, it's just so vast and so wonderful and so amazing. And like you said, we think like because we have these terminologies like we created this but no we did not it all came from somewhere and we have to be more honest about what is like at the back of us what has come before us and what has influenced us Mm -hmm. because these ideas that we have that come to us even if it feels uniquely new you would be surprised what your ancestors are doing you know it's like (laughs) you will be surprised willingly on their own terms like come on let's not um, we can't discredit yeah. them or underestimate them, right? Oh, no. Because oh, no, 
we here. I mean, we here ultimately, and we know what it takes to make sure that we get here. And so. those things live in our <laughs> DNA just as well, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, it's just like, I'm trying to get myself out of always framing, like, you know, yes, all of these things exist. Yes, these things in my DNA, generational trauma does exist. Also, generational pleasure does exist too, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, I, it's important to tap into that too. It's like, what's that? Like now that I'm older, okay. So even just the difference between conversations that I have with my parents, right? My dad was already always pretty open about any questions I had. Not that I asked too many, but when I did, I remember him always answering honestly and being open and not feeling any shame about it. Um, my mom, I remember one time (laughs) I found these pictures in her drawer, right? And I was like, what is this? And it was like these men with like these frilly pants and like, not frilly. They had like, um, uh, I can't think of what the shingle is called, but like, say like a Tina Turner dress but the yeah, pants like both, yeah, the that, pants were really like stuck. that like yeah. rodeo pants but with shingly things on it and <laughs> they were these uh polaroid pictures right and like all i saw oh. was like people on the chairs these men with their shirts off and these hats on i could see the movement in the photos and i remember being like what is this oh my god and i, I asked her about it and she was like don't 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 be in my drawer. Don't be looking in my drawer, right? Fast forward to now. I'm 30 years old. My mom's in her 50s. And like, we're having these conversations about, you know, our sexual lives, right? And who we might be dating or like, you know, um, and it's just really interesting to see. But I also think like how much more profound it would have been if we could have had some of those questions when I was younger too, right? Okay. Um, and not in like the same exact way, of course, but like in ways that would have met me where I was at that time, you know? But I think a part of that sexual liberation is, um, you know, finding ways to talk to people at every age about sex because, uh-huh. you know, there are there are people who are definitely asexual, but that doesn't mean they don't like intimacy and oh yeah, you, you know, so many different realms and spec. It's such a wide yeah, spectrum of how people so express nice. themselves. Yeah, and so yeah, it just I that I just thought that was too funny because I remember that very or one time. Oh my god, one time I found uh, <laughs> I didn't know what a condom was. I didn't know. <sighs> I found it and I thought it was a balloon and I filled it up with water and I knew I wasn't supposed to be in my mom's drawer so I hid it like after I after I used it uh, well put the water and not use it put the water in there because it didn't blow up like a balloon I hid it in my closet right (laughs) but I didn't hide it because I knew it was a condom I hid it because I knew it wasn't supposed to be in my mom's drawer. And so we were moving out of that house and she found it. And I was like, 
I don't have a clue. <laughs> 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 I just think that's just so funny but like it's just it's just something to think about like going from that and just as much as I've learned from this point on you know and how much more I still have to learn about it but yeah I that cracked me up every time I think oh. about it do you have any stories like that like parents from like older siblings i don't know like one time i walked oh, in. yeah so care. like in, any stories like, like that wild, basically or wild sexual or like it just being a kid and not knowing but like miss ass I, 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 I walked in on my aunt and uncle before that was like that was like a close to that and we were like for a while Multi-generational homes is big in my house, like my family. Um, so for a while, like my dad and uh, my sisters, we were like living below my aunt and uncle. Okay. But it was like the back door. We would all go up and down to see each other all the time. We would be cooking each other's house, you know, real, real fluid. Mm-hmm. So one day, my aunt she had left her purse down in my, our kitchen, and her phone was ringing. And I'm like, this woman. It's the middle of the day. I'm. I don't know what she's doing up there. So I go upstairs, like, your, your phone's ringing, and I look in their room. I didn't even mean to look in their room. It was just the way the door was situated. <laughs> and I just thought of going at it, and I just dropped her parents away. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me get out of here, okay? Let me let y'all have that moment, okay? Uh, no. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, and I do not want to see that. Yeah. You know, that was that was kind of. You're like, oh, time to go. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being disgusted. Speaking of color, like, person, oh, oh, time to go. <laughs> <laughs> what a movie, though. Now that I even think about that movie, whoa. What movie? Wait, what? color purple. I used to watch that oh. movie all the time when I was a kid. Like oh, me and my cousin. Really. Me and my cousin used to watch that movie all the time. Um, it, it, it's, <laughs> I don't even think we could understand what was going on fully. But it was something we really liked about that movie. But just the amount of topics when I, you know, being older now yeah, and being able to decipher it in so many ways. I'm like, whoa. Like, that movie, it talked about a little bit of everything. I was like, oh, yeah. But I always think of that part of... <laughs> When that girl's who who she talking junk to? Oh, Sophia, I think. And she said, "You ain't nothing but a big man." Yeah. And that man, he puts that computer. I mean, the uh, piano thing. Now he's like, "Uh oh, time." That's <laughs> <laughs> having me crying, laughing. Um, but speaking of that, like, speaking of Color Purple, right, which is a lot of kind of, like, sexually fluid energy going around and, like, the pleasure activism that goes, even is talked about in that from going from her being so restrained by, you know, uh, misogyny and patriarchal shit, you know, basically being sold off to this man by her dad, but... Then, like, her and Shug Avery's relationship and just, 
you know, nice. just the the fluidity of that, right? Um, but oh, also, that's so beautiful. Yeah, that's yeah. I was like that. That movie really it chopped up all of it. It was like pow pow pow. And me and my cousin was seven watching the movie. We don't know what's oh going on. Oh my goodness! Well, we just know it was people kissing on the movie, so we had to fast forward that part. You know, you're a kid. I mean, some kids yeah. know because their parents talking to them about all that stuff. But like, we were just kids. It was like people were kissing on a movie, and it's time to fast forward the part where they kissing at. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was really the rule. <laughs> that was the rule. I know. <laughs> You're not even you're not even caring about who the people are. It's just like oh, oh. you know, like <laughs> we're like okay, we know when she's kissing this guy, she doesn't want to. When she's kissing this lady, she wants to. But they kissing and they adults and we kids and mm-hmm. we gotta fast forward. And we it. can't watch. We can't watch. Facts. Um. So and just speaking of that, like when you hear, you know, um, the title of pleasure activism, black kinky and fluid what do all of those things bring up for you like uh, it brings up for me what what i saw um saturday and what i see like in my curated timeline and what i want to see more in my life uh, black people embracing that side of them that like you said even when you're a child, like, oop, I can't watch this, like, oop, but, you know, like, this isn't something I can participate in, like, I wanted to, I, I want to see that shift, and, like, when I hear that, I see that shift in my mind, of us embracing that part of ourselves that we've been told that we're not supposed to, or we're not allowed to, or we have to do secretly, or, um, in some type of underground way, mm-hmm. but actually in a bold way, very loudly, very proudly, um, that's what I when I hear that because I, I know like in that that's when the real power shift happens and that's mm-hmm. when real inroads happen and that people are like oh wow this is how I can live my life it, it challenges like you to live more pleasurably in other aspects of your life mm-hmm. um, it's because you can't live in that world anymore of and like uh, place where you're only in your head where you're only like living from the neck up once you realize that from the neck below you can access all of these feelings all of these sensations all of these wonderful like all this wonderfulness you're not gonna limit yourself anymore which is why capitalism doesn't want us to access that that's why patriarchy doesn't want us to access that um so the shift that's when i hear that i see shifts and i see it in such a beautiful way too yes i mean i first and foremost just want to thank you so much for coming on and thank you thank you you. yes and telling your story this is like the epitome for me of like why this platform and creating this platform is so important because i just want us to hear each other's stories and i want us to just tap into also that ancestral and that um that Afrofuturism also looks mm-hmm. like bringing back storytelling, right? And like how important it is to other people's healing to hear, you know, things that they can relate to or new things too, right? So I just want to thank you for coming and sharing this with with us, you know, and 
I hope to have you back on very soon. Oh, yes. Thank you. I'm really glad again to be here. And I just, I forgot to plug my IG, but I'm going to plug Yeah, my one more time. I'm just going to ask you that one more again. Yeah. Go ahead yeah, with my, it. Um, my Instagram is goddess tribe builder, G-O-D-D-E-S-S, tribe, T-R-I-B-E, builder, B-U-L-I-D-E-R. So yeah. goddess tribe builder, y'all. On Instagram, you got Twitter, you got any of those other things? Girl, my Twitter is not popping. I just be on there. No, don't. <laughs> so definitely on Instagram. Goddess Tribe Builder. I'm a, like, we, we eat girls, so who knows? I might be. You know, we're all eat girls now. <laughs> oh my goodness. I saw something the other. Oh my gosh. I seen this thing today that was just my favorite thing to see. Um, it was a. Somebody made a meme and was like, this all of the people who have OnlyFans right now and while none of you have jobs. And it was like them being like, it was amazing. I was like, yes, lift it up. You know, because people just a few weeks ago, people were trying to shame people for their OnlyFans. And now look. Now you know what look, I mean? They, they didn't everybody. see the liberation in the work. They didn't see that it was, you know, <laughs> anti-capitalist and that it will exist. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think I think that was really dope. But, again, thank you so much for coming on. This yeah. conversation was just, yes, it was great. I loved it. It was so much fun. I had yes. so much fun. <sighs> well, yeah. have a good one. You too, and bye everybody. Bye everybody. Love you. Bye. And come back to the Black and Berry podcast anytime.